Welcome to Tice Talks. This is episode 19. We are talking through Pastor's book. What's the name of your book? <laughs> Raising, Raising God. God's Kids in Sin City. I just had a temporary lapse of conviction, which is what we're talking about That's today. Right. <laughs> oh, we're talking through the chapter today. is called Prove Your Convictions, but we don't want to give it all away because you need to go and buy the book and read the whole thing. So we are talking today specifically about helping your children develop their own convictions, and our guest is Pastor Neil Berkey. It's good to be here today talking about convictions. I don't, I'm don't. i still wondering why I uh, was a part of this. I meant building convictions. Me too. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have somebody in here that's not even got any convictions. Uh, uh, actually, Pastor Neil has done a wonderful job teaching his children, along with his wife, teaching their children how, uh, why certain things are right and certain things are wrong. It's important that we instill uh, in our children uh, right and wrong, but how do we make our convictions their convictions, or better yet, how do we teach our children to develop Bible convictions, and that's what we want to talk about. So uh, that's why you're here, Pastor uh, Neil, because uh, we want to talk about these things. We want you, uh, to, we want to get your input on that, how you've done that uh, with Trey, and how you've done, how you're doing that with Cherish, and uh, uh, with your other two, with Lincoln and uh, now, as you uh, as we get started with this, um, I'm sure people have a, a variety of definitions of what a conviction is. Could we kind of establish a little bit of maybe uh, defining that to be able to uh, use that as a launching pad of of what you're going to talk about? Well, you know what? That's interesting. I, when I was a uh, in college, somebody said this, and I like this. He he said his name was Dale. Dale said a conviction is not a conviction unless it's a Bible conviction. Uh, it That's is a really good point. It is a uh, a truth based on the Word of God that shapes my life to make decisions that are right or wrong, and it sets a pattern in my life to uh, to uh, to be able to make those wise decisions. Sure, and so. Um, uh, I think that's very, very important. Uh, um, have you got a definition? Well, I've always been told, I mean, you know, you have the you have the preference uh, standard, but also a conviction is something that you'd be willing to die for. If you were to look it up in the, um, if you were to look it up in the def- uh, dictionary, you would see a firmly held belief or opinion, but it's, I think it's a little bit more than that. Uh, it's something that really navigates your way of life, who you are, uh, but also it's something that you're not willing to bend on. And, um, but I think I love that opinion. It has to be a Bible based, uh, definition or has to be a Bible based, um, principle in your life to, uh, to really guide you. Yes. So, so how do we, how do we come, how do we teach our children? Uh, I, when I was thinking about this subject this morning, I, I came to John chapter 14 and, uh, in John chapter 14, Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit of God. And, and he starts off by saying this in John chapter 14, verse 15. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And he says, I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. So Jesus is talking about keeping his commandments because we love him, but he's also talking about the Spirit of God coming in and controlling us because we can't keep his commandments by ourselves. Then he says... Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. 
I will not leave you comfortless. That is, I'll not leave you without a guide. I will come to you. That's Jesus um, saying that he and the Holy Spirit are one. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more, but you see me because I live, you shall live also. At that day, you shall know that I am in the Father, and ye in me, and I in you. Verse 21 is fascinating. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. I love that because it talks about how we wind up choosing to do what is right. And the way we yeah. wind up choosing to do what is right is, number one, by, lo- by, by loving God. So the first thing we need to do is teach our children to love God. Now, how do we do that? Yeah, that's a great principle. Uh, many times we are the, the examples of what God is to our, our child. That's exactly right. So if, if, we're, if, we're not, if they're not seeing us uh, loving him, if, we're not, if, they're not, if they're not seeing the love of God in us, then they can't see the love of God. I, I wrote down a couple of things that, that teach us how to love him. I, I, I said, I, I wrote down this, uh, that we need to teach them how good God is uh, by, te- by telling them everything that, he, that we have comes from God, everything that he has done for us. Uh, when I was raising our children, and I've seen you do this with with your children, uh, uh, when when something good happened, we would always say, "Hey, you know what? We have this because God loves us. Yeah, we have this because of what God has done for us. Um, we that, we took t- we take time when we eat dinner to yeah. thank God for what He has given to us. Yeah, I love that point. We we try to and and we always try to be get better at it but whenever good things happen it's well the bible says every good and every perfect thing cometh from above and that constant reminder we're so easy at whenever things go wrong how we elevate um our emotions as a result of that but but on the other side you need to show your kids uh fall in love with your kids but also point them to a loving savior because he does love them. He does care for them. And, and we're painting that picture of who God is for them at such a young age, whether we believe it or not, um, by what we say and what we do and how we, as you said, it, you know, how we teach them. There's a great principle in, in Proverbs, you know, Proverbs chapter 22, that talks, that talks very highly about training our children. Yes, and if we don't train them, then they're not going to go the right way. The idea is train them up. And as you train them, as you're training them up, as they're going, as they're growing older, they'll not depart from him. So you gave uh, you gave one illustration as far as uh, praising um, uh, praising the Lord. You know when good things happen. What's a couple of good other practical ways of building a love for the Lord um, in, in the eyes of your children? Um, so praising the Lord when th- good things happen. What are a couple other things? I um, mean, you have five kids out in Las Vegas, or five kids. Um, that w- grew up in Las Vegas, but there was other principles that you did that really fell in love with the Lord. Well, I think the fact they saw that, that we loved God, they see their mother love God, they see their mother caring for people, they saw me loving the Lord, and because of that, it, it, they wanted to love the same God that I love. But so, so we need to teach them to love God, but we also, uh, if, if we're going to teach them to love God, we need to teach them uh, that the Bible is God's word, and it's our pattern. It's our pattern for conviction. We need to teach our children that 
that the Bible is the pattern. What we talked about at the very beginning, that, that um, the fact is uh, a conviction is not a conviction unless it's a Bible conviction. So does the Bible say anything about this? I don't have to, I, don't, I didn't have to convince my child that I, they shouldn't steal. Uh, try and find a way to teach our, my child they shouldn't steal. I could take him to Exodus where God says, thou shalt not steal. Yeah, but I'm sure there were probably times, though, though as they're growing up, that you got to reprove that because something did happen. Something did go missing. Sure, And sure. so uh, then it's back to Exodus, but then... I remember there was a pack of gum, I think, that somebody uh, took, or pieces of gum. That's right. That uh, someone took, and they got to learn the principle of repaying, right? That's exactly right. Seven times. Seven (laughs) times. Joshua Joshua, uh, took some gum that belonged to Matthew, and... uh, uh, and he took one piece out of his gum. The, the, the a packet of gum back then was 25 cents for five pieces of gum. And uh, so he he got he took it took a piece of gum, and we said, "You you do this? What is that? That's well, I I just wanted a piece of gum. What's it called? It's stealing. So if you steal something, the Bible says you have to repay it seven times. So we had to go buy two packets of gum." That's fifty so he, cents. He bought those, right? He he bought two packs worked, of gum. Worked yes. for it and paid for it. Yes, and then he took seven of those pieces of gum out of his two packs. He only had three left, <laughs> and he gave them to his brother. Now his brother thought this was a great deal. Hey, you want some? Steal. He just, leave, he just <laughs> yeah, leaves I'll his just gum leave around. <laughs> oh, that's so, funny. Now, if he would have done that, that wouldn't have been stealing because he would have given given his brother permission. But it's important. Um, uh, we, uh, what I'm saying is we need to teach our children that our convictions are based on the Bible. Uh, does, the Bible does the Bible address this thing? And then you're going to have uh, other things that, that the Bible doesn't address. But I think, first of all, teach, if we teach our children to love God, then they will, he says, they're going to keep my commandments. And he says the Father will come through the Spirit and abide with them. So you have this this thing of, Number one, teaching your children to love God, and then teaching them that if they love God, here's what the they they gotta adhere to what the Bible says. But beyond that, they need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit of God, who will take them beyond sometimes Bible truth, and convict them about things that are not necessarily black and white in the Bible. Yeah. Now we've walked through this really rapidly uh, from you know having a, a love for the Lord. Uh, showing biblical examples, but now starting to hear the voice of God. Uh, And this is kind of the phase that I'm in, um, uh, training our children, both Charity and I. Um, But this is probably one of the most, I would say, that is probably the most valuable because their conscience has been molded at this point, and the Holy Spirit of God is speaking to them. How do you explain to a a parent who is trying to or just going through this process of encouraging? Because it's probably similar to that of riding a bike, uh, or of walking, um, that same principle of learning how to do this, the process. How do you explain this to a parent of, hey, this is how you, uh, this is how you um, listen to the Holy Spirit, explain to your child of how to listen to the Holy Spirit? I think it's, it's important that we teach our children that daily they need to pray, and they're going to see that from your example. Uh, then daily that they need to be in the Word of God, because as we are in the Word of God, and as we are praying, 
then God will use those principles that we are hearing. And, and, and we need to be consistent in going to church because yeah. in, in going to church, they're going to hear the teaching of the Word of God from others, which is going to reinforce what you're teaching them. So if I'm at, if all my kids are hearing is my voice telling them that certain things are right and certain things are wrong, and this is what the Bible says, that's one thing. But when God, and God established a local church for this, when you they go to church and it's reinforced by their Bible teachers, and what, again, why I'm a great proponent of Christian schools, yeah. when they go to school and they hear their, their teacher hero uh, reinforcing what what they're doing sure. then then they're getting they're getting this reinforcement uh of 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 conviction so the parents are teaching them uh the they're 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 in the word of god themselves and then they have others that are teaching them and reinforcing the truth in their life yeah. so they're not getting they're not getting conflicting views now if a, a child hears his parents and then six hours a day he's watching television and they're telling him something totally different then his convictions are going to be skewed i think it's important that we understand too that things that we are convicted about as parents our children may not necessarily be convicted about. that's a great point uh we we may have um and, and even as adults as adult children sure uh i i under, i need to understand that my children uh, because they're raised differently than me, uh, even though they're raised in my home, they're raised differently than I have. I have certain things in my background that cause certain convictions to be in my life that might not necessarily be in their life. Yeah. And I need to allow them, I need to allow them the freedom of the Holy Spirit working in their life. Now, when they're in my home, underneath my control, this is what I, I, uh, this is There's what we're going to do. This sure. is the way it is. And we need to teach them that there are there are institutional standards that they need to obey because that's a Bible principle. Right. But um, but we need to allow them we need to allow them and allow the Holy Spirit to, to mold their lives. Now, we how teach does that... them we teach them the principle. Yeah. We 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 uh, teach them to love God. We teach them the principle the of the word of principle. God and then allow the Holy Spirit of God and that means they've got to be reading the Bible, they've got to be praying, and they've got so they so they are sensitive to the Spirit yeah. of God. Now, would you say that discipline would be a good proponent of this as well? This this uh, talking about the leading of the Holy Spirit or shaping or molding of that His voice in their life. Well, c- comment about that. Uh, are you talking about so, the fact that what we need to do is correct them when they're doing wrong? Correct. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. So, is that? Uh, how how much of an importance would you say that that is, and them knowing specifically, okay, that is wrong, um, with the Holy Spirit speaking in their life? Well, I think I think that what happens is when we tell them certain things are right and certain things are wrong, we teach them that from the Bible, we teach them that through experience, and we teach them that through uh, uh, th- through Bible principles, and even the simple principle of children obey your parents in the Lord. When they disobey, we show them the consequences of that yeah. uh, through discipline, through through spanking, through timeouts. We we teach them that um, we teach them uh, no, there are consequences, yeah. and I think God wants us as parents to display to them. I think this is what you're 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 uh, leading to. God wants us to display. Look, 
just as I'm correcting you now when you do something that is a violation of a conviction, you need to understand that when you're out of this house, God's going to discipline you yeah. as well. So we teach him, uh, we're teaching him those things. So Yeah, I love that. I love that one of the things that you share as well. Uh, you just didn't use discipline personally, but you also expressed how that other people, like whenever you would come up to a stop sign or you would see people who disobeyed God, um, you would also bring to light um, living examples of saying, hey, look, that person or, or this person obviously didn't um, because, because of that. Um, as a pastor in a local church, and you, as, seen you, it, yeah. you, you as a um, you, working as a chaplain, yeah. you see all sorts of things you that sure are do. consequences. And having those conversations with your children, well, they, they didn't do right. They didn't do right. How come that happened? How come that? How come that baby in that home is dead? Uh, how come that uh, mom and dad aren't living together anymore? Why are? Why did that uh, happen? To be able to explain to them, for I mean, for in the position you're in, you have you have been there when children have been killed in car accidents. You can take those situations and have a conversation with your children about that, that are just, that are... Uh, that yeah, it's, it's challenging, but yeah, you're exactly right using those. Now, what's the fourth one? You said you have six of those, right? Yeah, the fourth one is teach your children to love others more than they love themselves. Oh, wow. This is such a needed principle, especially for today. Uh, yeah. In First Corinthians chapter 8, there's this b- battle going on over... <laughs> Over whether I should eat meat offered to idols, and people were saying there is no other, there is no other god but one, so we should be able to eat anything. And Paul says, we all know that, we all know that. Yeah. But he said the reason we don't partake of certain things is because we care about others, we love others, we don't, we don't eat meat that's offered to idols because somebody might be actually doing it and violating their conscience. Well, as our children were growing up, there were certain preachers that believed certain things that we didn't necessarily believe. Uh, we would go places that had different convictions that we sure. didn't have. And so what we did was we always bowed to their convictions. And you say, uh, and we taught our kids, listen, we're doing this because Paul said that I've become all things to all men, that by all means I might save some. And we taught our children that they need to be sensitive to the needs of other people. We live in a day where Christians are demanding their liberty. Yeah. They're demanding, and it, and it leads almost to license. I, I can do whatever I want to do. Um, you said a phrase there, uh, bow to um, bow to the needs of others. The convictions the of convictions others. The convictions of others. So if there's somewhere where, somewhere where someone has been, they, they you know that something's going to offend them. In that situation, you prefer th- their view over your own. That's exactly right. I had a, I had a friend that was a Catholic priest for many years. He was, um, uh, he was against all of the pagan worship things that, that go on in the Catholic Church. After he got converted, he was very, very strong. Uh, and he was because of that, he had this real conviction against Christmas, against yeah. any kind of celebration of Christmas. Uh, and he could list for you all the pagan things that take place in Christmas. So we obviously had a totally different view about that. So 
Uh, but but we we were very good friends until the time he went to heaven. Uh, Bart was a, a a terrific terrific friend of mine, uh, and we were able to discuss the differences of the way we approach Christmas. Uh, but I I would never have said hey. I want to invite you to our Christmas experience. I want to invite you to our Christmas party. I, I, let me buy you a Christmas tree, uh, because I'm I'm limiting uh, and I'm I'm bowing, if you would, to his convictions. I'm saying, okay, uh, I'm not going to do something to offend him. I have a friend, my mentor. Uh, was a gambler and he didn't want to touch any kind of cards. Well, I like to play the card game Rook, but I never played it with him. I played dominoes with him, but I never played the card game Rook <laughs> with him because he he just touching the cards was was a conviction to him. Yeah. So I, I just think it's important that we teach our children, and we do that by our example. That's exactly right. Yeah, and and, and we teach our children as they're relating with one another. Uh, yeah. That don't do that because that bothers your sister. Sure. Well, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, but it bothers your sister. Uh, uh, don't don't be constantly singing out loud in in the car. <laughs> we would have to tell we would have to tell Charity. Charity used to love to just sing, and she has a beautiful voice. And and yeah, she does. She was trained. She was trained professionally to sing, and she's really really good. Our, our youngest daughter, I think, has carried that trait on in in our uh, <laughs> in right? her heritage. So, <laughs> so we we would say to the kids. The kids would say, would you, Dad, would you tell her to stop singing? I'd say, stop singing. She said, there's nothing wrong with singing. It's wonderful. We're supposed to sing. Yes, but your singing right now is irritating your brothers. <laughs> and so we would tell her to sing in her heart. It's, um, it's a good thing. On So one side, you're, uh, you're correcting, but it's an exciting thing. And it shows a level of maturity as well whenever a child actually catches that. So, so they get to a point where maybe she started to sing and she stopped as a result of, oh, I'm thinking of other people. That's exactly right. And the importance right. of praising that, I would, I, would, I would stress this over and over again. As a parent, you want to make sure that you praise your child for good behavior. Uh, it may be an extra $2, you know, stopping at a McDonald's, picking up an ice cream cone, or, um, you know, just spending extra time, or just specifically praising. But that is so valuable. You have no idea what that's going to do for your child. I think, I think about taking Trey out soul winning with me yeah and then afterwards going to get um uh, a slurpee yeah uh, and and the fact that hey man you go out soul winning you get a slurpee yeah you know? that's exactly uh-huh. right i i thought there's a story that we were going into an ihop where he saw someone who was homeless there um that was st- sitting right on the a seat as we're going in um the guy asked me if we had any money and i didn't have any money on me and I said, "I'm no, I'm sorry." Well, uh, Trey, he was so excited. He had a bag, of, bag of money, had tons of coins in it. He holds it up and says, "I have money," and uh, <laughs> and, uh, and oh. you're like, at that moment, I didn't want to quench his spirit. Um, and I said, "Okay, well, um, do you want to give him some money?" And so uh, he opened his bag and he he pulled out and he pulls out two uh, two quarters, and then three pennies. He's like, "I got fifty three cents here," and he gives that to that gentleman. And I told him, I said, well, the thing that we want to do, too, is we want to make sure we give him an invitation to church. So we gave him an invitation to church. And after that, I praised him for the the for him giving to other people, because having that spirit, I could have been like, no, we don't do that. Or I could have said, uh, well, no, no. And instead of squashing his spirit of giving, I wanted to commend him 
on what a great job that he did and being exactly open right. to the Spirit of God, which I think is really what you're implying there and what this, this kind of point is. Yeah. So, Well, that's great. So we want to teach our children to love God. We want to teach our children that the Bible is the, is the pattern for our convictions. Um, we want to teach our, our children to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, and when, we love, when, they, when they are loving God, uh, they're going to keep his commandments and they're going to be sensitive. And then we want to teach our children to love others and, and serve others. And then uh, give me the number five, teach your children to live to please God. Uh, in First Thessalonians chapter four and verse one, Paul said, Paul said uh, that I'm, I want to live to please him. Let me read to you exactly what it says so that I don't misquote it. Uh, it says, furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus that as you have received of us how you ought to walk to please God, so you would abound more and more. We're to walk to please God. That is, yeah. I'm not here for myself. I'm not here for what I can get. I was sitting talking to uh, Matthew yesterday, and he was saying, you know, I'm really thrilled because I, my kids get it. Yeah. I said, what do you mean? He said, they get it. That they're, uh, He said, maybe Luke hasn't gotten to that point yet, but he said, my girls get it, that we're here to minister to others, and we're here to please God. Man, when if they get that, They've they've gotten more than the vast majority of the world yeah. has, has gotten. You just listed two two points there. I think are valuable to reflect upon. One is the individual, uh, the satisfaction of the individual that is choosing to do what's right. So whenever I choose to do what's right, I feel that as a child. But on the other aspect, the parent, the joy that they feel as a result of their child doing. I think John says it so so great when he says, "I have no greater." joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Yes. And the satisfaction as a parent knowing that you've instilled in your children a desire to love others, but also more importantly than that, a love for God that's that's above any explanation that you can deliver. Uh, I want to do what God wants me to do. And the satisfaction that results from that is just a peace, I believe, that passes all understanding. There, there is an, when your children have an awareness of God, and a, just an awareness of God, they're going to stay out of trouble. I, I remember before I was saved, my mom used to talk about Jesus coming back and Jesus coming back. I remember one day <laughs> I was invited. I was like 13, 12 or 13 years old. I was invited into a girl's home and um, had the opportunity because her parents were there. And she told me my parents aren't home. I had the opportunity to do something totally wrong and I looked up in the sky, and I thought Jesus could come at any moment. And I didn't understand anything else except I'm not going in there, and Jesus is going to get me, yeah. and he's going to come, and I'm going to be doing something I shouldn't be doing. And She that, really placed the that, fear of God that, in that, her heart. That, <laughs> that, that, that fear kept yeah. me morally yeah. pure until yeah. I got married. And so uh, so teach your children to, to live to please God. And then lastly, I don't know how much time we've got left, but... And I think this is absolutely important. Um, we need to teach our. We need to be consistent ourselves. Yeah. If we if we want to de- develop godly convictions in our children, then we need to be consistent. That doesn't mean perfect. Uh, I, I like the definition. I like the word that Paul uses in Second Corinthians chapter eight. He says in verse twenty one, providing things 
providing for honest things, not only in the sight of the Lord, but also in the sight of men. The word honest means genuine. Hmm. It means uh, it means authentic. You need to be authentic as a parent. Yeah. Uh, they need to see they, that you don't just say these things, mm. but you live these things. Wow, how convicting, because there's been times in my life, it, what a challenging statement that is, because as a parent, you want to make sure that you have things together, you have things, you're doing everything right, and there's times you mess up, there's times that you blow it, there's times that you fail, and being real with your kids, There's there was a time that I spanked one of my kids, I didn't have all the facts and I had to make that decision. The right thing to do was to go to them and to tell them, look, I'm wrong. Uh, but my pride was telling me, it's no big deal. Just go on, move past it. But I would have felt horrible. I went to that child and I said, look, I, I've messed up. I said, I, I was wrong in spanking you. I didn't have all the answers. I didn't have all the facts. And I did that. Um, I did that. I shouldn't have done that. And then I asked them, will you forgive me? Oh, yeah, I forgive you, Dad. It's no problem. And um, and so from that, I learned a couple things. Number one, you have all the facts. Number two is you're not too too much of a big person in authority to ask for forgiveness. And um, and that's that's happened a, a couple times in my parenting. And so um, and so making sure that you're authentic. I think what you said is so valid. Genuine is the word. Um, you want to be genuine with your kids. They see that too yeah, and understand that. Absolutely. So if I want to instill convictions in my life, these are the things that, or in my children's life, these are the things that I need to be doing. I hope that this has been a help to you. I really want to encourage you to get the book, uh, Raising God's Kids in Sin City. Uh, we wrote it specifically to help parents understand that no matter what circumstance you find yourself in, no matter what city you find yourself in, uh, there you can raise your children in the midst of this corrupt world to serve the Lord yeah. Jesus Christ. And uh, so thank you, uh, uh, Pastor Neil, for being with us today. Thank you, Crystal, for hosting this program again. You're very welcome. It has been a pleasure to be part of this conversation. Yeah, you haven't really talked a whole lot during this time. <laughs> no, not this time. But if you want to learn more about proving your conviction and helping your children develop their own convictions, please pick up a copy of Pastor Tice's book. You can get that at davidtice.com, on Amazon, or wherever is your favorite place to buy books. But probably davidtice.com yeah, because there's just be so much good stuff there. Just get it all there. We'll be back next time to discuss the next chapter of the book, which is on provoking anger, or preferably not provoking anger yes. in your children and anyone else in your life, I assume. That's I don't right. remember reading the chapter, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure. It's talking about how not to provoke your children to wrath. And so, <laughs> All right. So that's great. And uh, I, again, I want to remind you that this is Tice Talks, and it's more than a conversation.